with him down there. Did great, you great did you wait to open that energy drink until now? I always do. You I always, always pop do. It right when we come on, it's it's tradition, man. It's tradition like any other or none other, whatever. But yes, we have the draft here in Kansas City. But draft and, and we're taking taking swigs on the air too. Why not? I've, I've done it for you know, lad. I've done it for twelve years, Chris. Usually, usually you made it a little bit more ceremonious. You would just like wait, wait. It was kind of like a professional wrestler before they uh, enter the ring. I have business to <laughs> tend to. I have business to tend to. We're very busy. But anyway, drafts, drafts was a fun time last night. What a great crowd! What a great crowd! Kansas City Chiefs fans out there. Nick with, with the great job of seeing the whole deal. A little character concerns representation there, but the whole six ten sports crew was out there. And we had a good time. Thanks to Jefferson's today, the Royals watch party. Uh, we were out there, but we got you covered. We're going all the way to nine o'clock tonight with draft coverage uh, for the Chiefs. Chiefs and just the NFL draft in general. It's the podcast turn radio show. Then Thursday night, tomorrow night, we'll be here for round one, starting at six o'clock all the way through. You heard Vern there. Alt 96.5 is where you can hear the Royals. If you're looking for the Royals tomorrow and the post game show. So straight from Laszlo into that then friday we've got rounds uh, two and three covered for you it's cinder block brewery so come on down there it's free to anybody that wants to come and we'll talk draft picks of the kansas City chiefs and everybody else in the nfl because well there's gonna be lots of other picks maybe some trades i'm expecting round two and round three chris they're my favorite rounds in the nfl draft but we'll be at cinder block and they're making a special beer for us chris Heard from Danny the Brewer. What, what is it in? What What is the container that the beer will be contained in? It is called the Firkin. Okay, good. I'm Holds just I, beers. I don't want to have to dump the I don't want to hit the hit the dump button if I say it wrong. Well, we're not doing a beer segment, so I, you know what? I'm probably gonna say it Friday. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be fine. <laughs> Hopefully, Blake has his his finger on the dump button when oh, you yeah. start using Maybe it. Maybe I will go Dr Pepper. Just kidding. But <laughs> it's rounds two and three. Then Saturday we'll be here from nine to noon. Um, for the last day of the NFL draft. And then Monday night, me, you, and Nick will be back looking back at the Chiefs' picks, which direction we went. And then what good thing is, Chris, with all the question marks there are about this NFL draft of 2023, we get all the answers. We have all these questions. Nobody knows what's going on. The great chess game is well beginning. With teams still out there, you had the test scores, he has two test scores of, of C.J. Stroud come out. Who actually leaked that? We don't know. You get the Will Levis Reddit. Is he going to be the first quarterback taken? Probably the Texans. If they don't take, uh, if, they, if they don't take Stroud, it's it's because they've overanalyzed these stupid tests. And you know the Texans are in position to go ahead and get a quarterback. But it's interesting. What if they don't? And what if they do? What does that do for pick number three with Arizona? So many things can change. And I was talking today down at uh, Jefferson's at our watch party. Uh, I was talking to Alex. I was like, isn't it funny how these things change so fast? You know, when you do these live hits, too, they say, well, what's going on with these, some of these players dropping? And why C.J. Stroud jump, dropping so much? It was the test score leak. There's not been many leaks, Chris. And a lot of times from now until when the draft usually starts, you get a few things popping out. Remember last year? It was Aaron Rodgers. And you get these things that come out, the character concerns about players start res- or start surfacing. People leaked stuff leading up to now, to 24 hours from the draft. But this is when that information, that personal information about certain players sometimes gets leaked. 
Yeah, I don't I don't this is one of the things that I don't like about the draft is that you have so many instances of people kind of having their character assassinated for no good reason. And a lot of I mean, there I mean, think about how much justification you've kind of seen come out about CJ Stroud, about why he might be falling down boards. And it's like, oh well, he didn't he skipped out on the Manning passing camp and he had a bad wonderlick score or well, S2, S2 test yeah. S2 now, but the basically, basically a, uh, it's basically a, a, re, a remake of the wonder league. Um, it's all these things out here that you're seeing put out there. And it's just like, it just kind of seems like it's meant to assassinate his character. And, and certainly I, it's some teams out here trying to play the game, hoping that he falls to them because they don't want to have to trade up to get him. But it sucks that you're kind of playing games with this man's career because there is this rookie wage scale and you're talking about a what could be a pretty big difference in pay for the first four years of his contract based off of this. It kind of sucks. And you're seeing Jalen Carter. You know, he started the fall. He was the number one pick in the draft. We came into this and the character concerns. About I mean, that one was like a Carter. serious one, though, because people but died. He's fa- I know, but he's falling, but it's not like he's yeah. falling out of the top ten. No, he's. I mean, he's probably probably going to be just outside the top. But five. there's going to be teams regret probably in like two or three years they didn't go ahead and get Jalen Carter. Maybe. I mean, depends on if the guy that they drafted is good too. But it's always told people when people fall. And Bryce Young, I've always felt is the best quarterback in this class. And you know, next year they're talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May. Everybody's talking about that. But you know what they're talking about last year? Oh man, it's going to be awesome with C.J. Stroud. In this draft and Bryce Young, you know, every, every year the draft has its people. But why do people fall? I think it's something to do, Chris, with like a Mel Kiper dropping a mock. And then all of a sudden everybody else starts mocking who he mocked or a Todd McShay or somebody that they view as the inner circle, even though it was Albert Breer last year that had the best mock draft because they grade these things and who finished where as far as the uh, national media and mockers. But why are you falling? You haven't played any football. Like, why is one guy falling without any kind of character concerns whatsoever, Chris? Why is a player falling? That's the that's the main question. You've seen what they can do. Just like C.J. Stroud saying, hey, the decision makers know what I can do. They know what he can do on the football field. They know he's been a two-time finalist, the Heisman Trophy. Know he's played in the college football playoffs. You know what C.J. Stroud is about. So, all these guys that tend to fall and there's no character concerns issues with these guys, it's a big smoke screen. What happens is, is a mock comes out. You notice the Vegas line shift too? Vegas lines, Will Levis, right? He was climbing. He was climbing, and I wasn't 100% sure why. But all this outside noise is what causes players to move up and down. You know where they don't move up and down? They don't move up and down on teams' boards because they bring these guys in. They've been out there on a field watching these players. They've seen them play in person in college football. Those are the decision makers. Those are the ones that matter. Listen, they look at mock drafts and everybody else. But let's face it, we do them. We do mock drafts as well. But you know what? We haven't been in front of these guys with a stopwatch either. I, I do think there is a, a something to be said about the good teams don't let public opinion change uh, what how they view their boards. Like, I don't think the Chiefs have a lot of outside noise coming in as far as how they view who really is a first-round grade versus someone they would probably be reaching on if they took in the first, and maybe they should move back. Like, take, for instance, Chris Jones. Like, 2016, everyone was like, oh, man, the Chiefs, prime position to trade back. The Chiefs could have very well taken Chris Jones in the first round if they wanted to. Instead, they traded out. 
early uh, went went to the early second round. We're still able to get Chris Jones, and it ended up being a great pick because he he ended up having. If we redraft that, he's probably a top ten pick. So we're we're you talking can make that about case for a lot of Chiefs. Draft yeah, picks. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not a second rounder. No, he's definitely he's definitely a, at Reed least Humphrey's top fifteen. Yeah, Humphrey's probably like right in the middle. Same thing with Trey Smith. Uh, but like to me. I feel like the best teams don't let that public sentiment change their value. And a lot of times there are the worst teams that kind of let their board changes a whole lot. Cause maybe they're not, they're not a hundred percent confident in a player. Maybe they rate them highly initially. And then they kind of change and backtrack and move things around. Like it wouldn't shock me if we found out that the Panthers are really high on CJ Stroud and then they change their mind. And then, there's this rumor going around that like Will Levis is first is is going to be taken first overall because uh, you know we saw you know, people found something on Reddit and some account with a couple of posts to put it out there. I mean, the silly season. This yeah, is what, silly twenty four hours. It's because there's so much time in between now, and people are just looking for any kind of content that any anything we can find, we'll take. And that's what you're seeing a lot now with like the betting market stories, with the Reddit story with Will Levis, with all these leaks that are coming out about. Oh, well, CJ Stroud didn't go to the Manning passing camp. That's why he's not going to be taken by the Texans. And it's just all these things that are just literally any, all these media sources digging for some kind of story. And it's kind of annoying because it sucks because you're talking about the earning potential of these kids being affected by this. And I don't like that. And one of the funniest things was when everybody's like, well, CJ Stroud's going to dinner with the Panthers. Well, you know what Bryce Young did too? And you know what Will Levis did too? They all went to dinner with it. Remember Larry Richardson Tunsil? did too, right? It was Larry Tunsil. Remember that when it came out of the draft? That gas mask yeah, bong video? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his stepdad put that out on his account. There's only really one thing you have to, can you play football or not? That's the real question. That's the one that the NFL teams have answered, and that's why they're on their board. Where would you go? 913-586-7610 is the J. Southland Tow Service text line. It's also the phone number here too. 913-586-7610. All right, we've had all off season. You had the combine, you had everything else. Where should the Chiefs go at one? But coming up next, Chris and I will take a look at the first round. Would quarterbacks dictate the Chiefs move back? Could they stay where they're at? And could the Chiefs have a, a chance at a better player because so many quarterbacks, like five of them, going in the first round? We discuss that next. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick Bank and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Character Concerns uh, NFL Draft Special. Jay Bankley with Chris Onocero. Nick with us tomorrow, Nick Schwartz, as we broadcast the first round live, then rounds two and three at center block. Someone in the text line was asking, uh, will you guys be at center block? Yeah, we'll be there. The show will take place at center block brewery. Then uh, we'll be here Saturday morning as well, starting at nine with your NFL draft coverage. And one thing, Chris, that we've seen is the New York crew, the CBS crew is here in our building, our sister station, of course, CBS. And they uh, came in here and asked, where to go for barbecue. They did it the right way. They asked local guys. Chris and I both grew up in Kansas City. We know where the barbecue spots are. We know the ones that we like to go to. We know the ones we like to eat. And they're sometimes off the beaten path. But they came in and they asked. They did things the right way. All right, tell me where I should go. Because if you're following social media, every national media member, I think, out there, finds it uh, uh, 
that they're right of passage, they have to tweet out pictures of the barbecue. It's the most cliched thing. You know, we're in Kansas City. Got to tweet you out. Got to get barbecue. Pictures. You know, we got to go. We got to go to the main ones, the cliched ones. We got to go to the main ones. But if you really want to find out, grab a local. They'll be happy to tell you. People in Kansas City. I mean, if they if they say Jack Stack, then immediately be like, okay, okay. You're more than welcome to call in to 913-586-7610 if you want. If you're from out of town, which is a ton of people from out of town here, airports been packed, rental cars for the most part are like sold out, and hotels in this town are sold out. People are excited about the NFL draft. And we're finally here, Chris. You and I were talking about it just a little bit ago about how you know we started the character concerns uh, draft podcast. We started before the combine. And we look at the guys who we want to see at the combine. Then all of a sudden we look, diagnose the results. Then we start doing the mocks and everything else. And it seemed like so far at the NFL draft, and here it is. In our city, the news that's been the big news stories, that's been the number one thing. That's even taken over weather. I mean, they'd love when a good storm comes to town, but the draft has taken over in Kansas City. And the stage looks fantastic. Kansas City looks fantastic. I think this is going to go off really, really well, Chris. You get the green room there inside Union Station. It all looks great. Between the World War I uh, Memorial and Union Station looks, looks great. I made a point. I think Union Station is now our arch. When you think of Kansas City, I think one of the images you're going to have, and it's not always been that way, you're thinking of the uh, World War One Museum and Union Station because you've seen on the parades, the Royals Victory Parade, the two Chiefs Parades, and now the NFL Draft, you have to put it in the skyline. It's about Union Station, the World War One Memorial. That has become Kansas City. Chris, that's our Space Needle. That's our arch. That's our Niagara Falls. That is Kansas City. The image we have. It it really is becoming the most cliched image that you have of the city skyline. Is, it should be though, because yeah. it's one of the cool spots. It's, it actually, it, it's a it is a it is a nice view, especially when you're up on that hill there and you really kind of get to see everything, like Bartle Hall and the uh, the U.S. Bank Building. Kind of see City Hall off in the distance. Uh, it it is really cool. It, it's a it's a cool visual there. Uh, the Kaufman Center, all of that. It, it is pretty cool. But yeah, it is. I, I heard you you say that to Kathy Nelson when you were on with Fesco a few days ago. And yeah, yeah. It was very much that that aspect. Now I was like, yeah, you know that it, it is becoming our the cliched view well, of downtown Kansas City. You're gonna have you're gonna have that image there. Yeah, yeah. It's basically any skyline image. Yeah, and, and everyone's got an image like that. Everyone's taking a photo like ends. that here. You take a photo of downtown Kansas City. Oh, we're here at uh, the memorial, and you can see, uh, you 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 can see uh, Union Station. Well, you can see downtown. Setup. And where the city of fountains, you get that fountain down there as well near the NFL draft stage. I mean, this is going to look great, man. It's going to look great on TV. This can make our city look great. I know people are excited about it. You've heard about it. Whether you're an NFL fan or not, you know about the draft in Kansas City. It's the biggest thing. This is what makes our city so unique. I remember being in Dallas a few years ago when the Big 12 tournament uh, was down there, and it was like seventh-page news. Back when they actually had newspapers, right? And it was like seventh-page news. But you come to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament, it's like, welcome Big 12 fans. When you pull into the airport, even the old airport, you had the, the signage uh, in the billboards when you left, what's going on in Kansas City? Chris, when I was in New York for the Royals and the Mets and the World Series, you know what the cab driver asked me? What? Where are you from? I said, Kansas City. So what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> the World Series. Again. Must be, a Yankee, must be a Yankees fan. It's not going to happen in Kansas City if you say, where are you from? Green Bay. What are you doing here? Duh. It's not going to happen here. 
No, no. I mean, that is that is really weird that a New Yorker didn't know about the World Series. No, I get so much going happening. on. I, mean, it, I, I will say this. I remember watching a... Uh, I remember watching a, a segment on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel years ago. This is back when Aaron Judge was brand new to the game. And he walked around and was basically asking people about himself. And they did not know that he was asking questions to them about himself. They did not know he was Aaron Judge. And it Which was hilarious. It's shocking because he's, I understand him with the really, players, yeah. but he's so damn big. He's big. He's massive. And on top of that, he was at that point their star player on the team. But because baseball's you know become a lot more obscure, it really kind of affected how many, how much people were really going to be able to recognize these guys. We've said this before many times. There's a lot of Royals players that enjoy a ton of anonymity walking around town because no one knows who they are. They probably think they play football or something because a lot of those guys are big. So except for Hosmer and Stockus and Sal. Yeah, ha, I mean, but ha, ha, most probably was pretty inconsistent. He was probably probably a little bit anonymous at times. Uh, Haas for sure. No, like, everyone probably thought he was definitely who he said he was because you can see his looks. So, but yeah, Moose probably he was probably able to go incognito at times. Well, the the this draft nineteen eighty three was the year they took Todd Blackledge. Is two thousand twenty three the anniversary of that draft now? But how this thing has changed. Two thousand ten they moved this to prime time. Chris, what we're seeing now this used to take place in a hotel. Like this wasn't a big deal. And I remember talking to some of those old Chiefs. You know the AFL NFL draft right. You're drafted the NFL draft. Guess what? Here comes a knock at the door. It's the NFL. Hey, do you want to come over to play with our league? I mean, that was the big test. And then the NFL draft just exploded to where you're doing round one on primetime. It is going to be on three networks. The ratings are going to be off the charts nationally. Football is the pastime right now in this country. It's what people care about and myriad of different reasons. Big reasons, fantasy football and, and gambling, because, well, people know who different players are because fantasy football is so big in the United States, but people know about it. It's on ABC, it's on ESPN, and it's on NFL Network. It is everywhere, plus we're having it on the radio, too. It's big. Ian Rappaport is here in town at the Green Room is where NFL Network is set up inside Union Station. He said this about the top quarterbacks, because this is what people are looking at. Is this going to be the third time or the fourth time ever the three quarterbacks have gone one, two, and three in the draft? It seems unlikely to me that we get one, two, three, four quarterbacks. Probably a more likely scenario is two, maybe three, obviously depending on what the Houston Texans do at number two, maybe three go in the top four, and then you're going to have one quarterback. Maybe it's Will Levis. Maybe it's Anthony Richardson. Maybe it, well, I guess it would probably be just one of those two. And if that happens, you might see a quarterback, if it's one of those two, slip into the teens and then it's going to get really, really fascinating. Let's say it's Anthony Richardson. We know that several of the teams in the teens have done work on quarterbacks from the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, Seattle has number five, but they also have a later pick as well. It's really going to be fascinating to see who decides to come up for a quarterback. And the reason I say come up is rarely does everyone just sit. If it's a quarterback, you think he's a part of your future. Rarely are you patient. More likely, you're impatient to leap up and get your guy. So we'll discuss this, Chris, after the timeout. Look at these quarterbacks. You say, well, how does this affect the Chiefs? It affects the Chiefs in a ton of ways. Five quarterbacks go. It's just an extra slot of another player. You want a bunch of quarterbacks being taken in the first round. And if you don't, you're on the mindset that, hey, I want a Hendon Hooker still out there. So at 31, a teams might trade up to the Kansas City Chiefs. At 31, the Chiefs trade back because they want their quarterback and get the 50-year option. Remember? 
get four years for a player. But if you get him in the first round, you get that first-year option. We discuss that next on Character Concerns. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick, Bank, and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Character Concerns. Jay Bankley with Chris Sinocero. Nick Schwartz joins us tomorrow. We'll have the uh, live coverage of the NFL Draft right here on 610 Sports Radio. People on text line, Chris, are asking about steaks. Hey, Casey Strupp, that's what you want to get. Maybe you wanted some Kansas City beer, like some Boulevard Brewing Company or one of the great uh, local uh, breweries we have here in Kansas City. Might I recommend Center Block on Friday night for rounds two and rounds three where the Character Concerns crew will be down there. But getting advice is always a good thing, Chris. Just ask anybody. We'll pull in any quick trip and ask people, say, hey, where's the best place to go? I guarantee you Kansas pull up City the fans, quick trip. do whatever the hell you want. Because <laughs> Kansas City people are more than welcome to help you. I think it is. If somebody just came up to me randomly and asked me which barbecue place. I tell them. I had, had quick happened to us. Like, I'm like, dude. 20 minutes ago. Dude, I'm just here to, I'm just here to get my drink and get out you of here. Seriously, you seriously don't get fine. No. And the bottom line is. Don't talk good. to me a quick trip. You know what's funny is that you see these national media tweets because I like to take the temperature on what they think of the city. It's one of those things because it's one of those things we always can't see. What are people saying about our city? People love it, man. They're like love the hospitality. They love downtown. They like the brewery. They, like, they just like Kansas City. And what's not like our best? We're, we're all dressed up, man. Our best foot is put forward during this draft. Oh yeah, I mean this. This very much is one of those situations where everyone's trying to make sure the city looks as nice as possible. Oh, it looks fancy. Yeah, it does. It does. It looks nice. I like it. It looks nice. Everybody's excited. I mean, the businesses well, they're taking in millions of dollars. Don't get me wrong; they're uh, taking a lot of money of the NFL draft. We're having a good time. But uh, bottom line is, what I played Ian Rampaport talking about quarterbacks, and Chris, uh, I guess consensus with me and you that uh, Bryce Young is going number one. Any uh, questions or debate about that? No. No, I, th- I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Unless, unless the Panthers have been swerving us with all the leaks they've been doing, and it turns out to be C.J. Stroud instead. I, I think I think we can, or Will Levis. I, I think we can pretty safely pencil that one in. Not a lot of reason for a big smoke screen. They're picking number one, so just do what you got to do. Number two, the Houston Texans. Now they also pick twelfth. What are they going to try to tank for next season? There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees in football you don't luck into something, Chris, and win six or seven games. Or these there's no guarantees that Caleb Williams is that guy. Well, there's some play. Exactly. They, they, things could happen. Things happen. And you look at, well, you know, because last year everybody's like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, right? They were, they're just going to dominate the NFL draft. Everybody's got all these questions saying, well, it's Caleb Williams and Drake May next year that are better quarterbacks. Well, that's what you were saying the year before. Every year, every it's always, oh, next year the quarterbacks are better. Always. Because that's what it was. Like last year, all we heard about is, oh, well, don't draft a quarterback this year. Wait till next year because you got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and maybe that Will Levis kid and Anthony Richardson will come out, and that's all you heard about. And then now it's like, oh, well, we're actually kind of down on on three of these quarterbacks. We only like one of them. So to me, it's like I, I don't – if you really like a guy, it doesn't – don't worry about next year's draft because you can't guarantee that next year's going to work out too. I mean, the, the Texans thought they were going to get number one overall pick, and they didn't. So, Well, first of all, you're not supposed to tank. But we know teams do it. But I'll tell you this much. A lot of the players don't subscribe to that, Chris, because their jobs are on the line. Their game film is on the line. People are watching the game film. How are you reacting? How are you doing when your team is down? 
What, what are you putting on film? Because guess what? These guys' money jobs come down to what you do. So there's there's no guarantees. If you feel the quarterback is great, you might as well take him because you have to have a quarterback to play in the NFL. The whole talk was the Jets. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They play their cards too much for Aaron Rodgers. Well, they made the deal and they got Aaron Rodgers. And now all of a sudden we look at an AFC crowded with great quarterbacks. Well, if you're an AFC team, you got to have a quarterback, man. If you're Houston, if you're Houston, you got you had that guy in Deshaun Watson. But now you're talking about Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and Aaron Rodgers and Trevor Lawrence. And you're talking great quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson. I mean, we're talking great quarterbacks in the AFC. If you don't have that, you're probably, well, you can maybe sneak into the playoffs, but you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't have a problem with teams tanking for quarterbacks, but when you get the, the chance to go get a good one and they're like, oh, well, there's going to be a better one next year. So maybe we'll wait. How many times have we seen it where it's like, oh, next year this quarterback's going to be great, and then they 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 don't quite pan out? Like, remember remember Matt Barkley in uh, what was it? I think it was 2012. He was like, everyone's like, oh, he's going to be top five. He's going to be the top quarterback taken. Everybody made number one overall. Like the suck for luck. Yeah, and, and then he he stayed a year in college, got drafted in 2013, and was awful. How about in the, the Seamus for Jameis? Yeah. Well, you, I think you, I think you made that a thing. No, actually, you, people start saying Seamus. Did that? Did that? You were the I first was, person I no, ever heard that said Seamus for Jameis. No, that's what everybody was saying. <laughs> no, and then Jameis didn't work out. I, you just the thing is, is it's so hard to evaluate quarterback talent because it's not just what they did in college and what talents they it's have. The hardest thing in sports. It's also what they're going to do at the professional level, and we have to question what their work ethic's going to be. We have to question who they're getting drafted to. What what kind of coaching are they going to be a part of? There's so many things that that play into whether or not a quarterback is successful. So to just go out here and be like, yeah, we're just going to tank for a better quarterback next year, we have an opportunity to get one now. That doesn't make any sense to me. So let's go with the top four quarterbacks, Chris, that you would have right now. Yeah, we we got Bryce Young at one. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to ask me two, I'm going CJ Stroud. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about the test scores. The guy plays football. The guy was really, really good. Are we, are we doing this? Like how, how, where where we think like top four as far as drafted or how do we like them? Well, I mean, I, I think, I think at this point, it's where do you think they'll be drafted? Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, second quarterback, I think, will be C.J. Stroud. I just can't. I can't fathom a team picking him, picking like Levis or Richardson above him. That doesn't make any sense. Because here's me. the deal. There's there's a chance that three of the four are bust. There's a real chance that happens. Right, right, right. I, And I think maybe this isn't popular, but I think Stroud is the safest of the quarterbacks. I think Young is the safest. I, I, my issue with Young is that I don't like when I see Young play. I like he looks like a, a really, really great college quarterback. But you get to the pros, and the game's a lot tougher. It's a lot more difficult, and you don't have quite as much talent around you. And I don't think he made the kind of plays that like when I saw Stroud play against Georgia. That was the kind of performance I you you see from an NFL quarterback. And it's like Young's got, but his cognition is low according to the no, test. Yeah, Come and on, I, again, then that's the reason why the tests don't matter to me. It's like it when I matter, some people don't even care about this. Right, things. right. When I watch Stroud, when I watch Stroud play, I mean, all throughout the season, but especially in that game against against uh, against uh, Georgia, like it was, it was like that was like him playing the game of his life, and the way he played in that game was just like that's exactly how you expect a top quarterback in the NFL to play. 
dodging all of the all of the pass rushers coming at him, buying time for his receivers to get open down the field, making these crazy throws with pinpoint accuracy on the run. Really hard things to do in the NFL. And it's like, I don't think Bryce had the challenge to have to make the kind of throws that Stroud did this year, even though I think Stroud had better receivers, but man, I didn't, I didn't see the challenge to make the kind of pinpoint throws that, that Stroud had to make. And that's the reason why I would take him above Bryce. Number three, I'm going Anthony Richardson. I would too. I think the ceiling is uh, extremely strong for Anthony Richardson, but who knows? It's still a coin flip go either direction, but I think Anthony Richardson will be the third quarterback taken and it's also, since we'll just go ahead and get out what we think about him and where we think they'll go, I think he'll go number three, not number three overall, but I think he'll be the third, third quarterback, quarterback taken. taken yeah. but, and that's who I would take anyway, but I think he will be. I, I think he's the, the third quarterback off the board. The thing about Richardson, I think he's the most talented quarterback in this draft class, but I also think he has the lowest floor in this draft class as, as far as like first-round quarterbacks just because – and this is coming from as someone who is a Florida fan. I watched every snap he took at Florida. And I remember when they recruited him, because he's he's from Gainesville, Florida, which is where the University of Florida is. So he was a local kid, hometown kid. He was supposed to be the next coming of Tim Tebow, even took Tim Tebow's number 15 there. And, you know, that, that came with some pressure. And he did have a lot of pressure on him. But he never once showed any real mastery over the offense. And it did change after 2021. They fired Dan Mullen. They brought in uh, uh, Billy Napier from Louisiana. So he had to learn a new offense. But he never really showed mastery over that offense. And we're seeing college quarterbacks adjust to playing new offenses pretty well if you're like a top quarterback. We see that we see that happen pretty quickly. I mean, we've seen some true freshmen come in and perform pretty well. Maybe not great, but pretty well. Well, they have to now. He didn't perform pretty well when he was at Florida this year. And mind you, he'd been in the league, he had already been there for 2 years. He didn't play that great for most of the year. He had a few games here and there, but as a passer, he he never really looked great to me. And there were times where he like you you we rave about his mobility. He didn't use his mobility as much as I think he should have. And so I question his decision-making and his feel for the game. And maybe that'll come with coaching and maybe that'll come with uh, more experience. But I just didn't see enough from him to feel like I would be comfortable taking him and putting him in immediately. If you want to sit him behind somebody for a year or two, cool. But to me, like that takes away from, from his value too because that's eating into the five years that you would have him on your roster, presumably so. I kind of worry about that. And that's the thing, like great talent. I think he's the most talented quarterback in this combine. draft class, but he tore up the combine, but I worry about his long-term viability. Coming up next, we'll look at quarterbacks four and five. Will five quarterbacks go in the first round? We discuss that next. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick Bank and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Character Concerns. Hope Brett Beach getting a nice night of rest. Probably not resting at all. Probably up all night. Thinking of last-minute decisions. Since 1967, only three times quarterbacks have gone one, two, and three. The most recent, 2021. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance at number three. Good, bad, bad. Well, incomplete, but I don't know about Trey Lance. Before that, it was 1999. Time before that, 1971, Chris. 
This is something that doesn't happen very often in the NFL. Five NFL drafts, four quarterbacks have been taking, taken within the top 15 selections. Of course, the most recent, 2015, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields went 11th. Mac Jones went number 15. So we're sitting at number four, Chris. Who is the fourth quarterback taken? I'll tell you what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Will Levis. That would not be my pick. The fourth quarterback I would have is Hinton Hooker, Tennessee. But I think it'll be Levis. I, I think Levis will be the fourth quarterback taken. But I do agree with you. I think I think Hinton Hooker is probably going to end up being a little bit better than him. I think both those guys are going to be journeyman guys. But I think I, I think Hooker's going to be a little bit better than him. He's got a big arm. And the biggest thing, and, and this is, I think you agree with me on this, is that Levis seems like he's going to be the turnover machine type. And you don't last that long in this league when you're a turnover machine. 20, for the transfer from Penn State to Kentucky, 23 interceptions last two years. Cannon for an arm. I mean, he's sitting there and they're showing, you know, the, the Manning Passing Academy last year. He's on his knees 50 yards out, hitting the goalpost. You know who else I saw do that? Jamarcus Russell. That's who else I saw that, Chris. So number five, the fifth quarterback, I think, taken. And I'm going to say the first round because I think Hendon Hooker will go in the first round. I think five quarterbacks will be drafted in the first round. I think it'll be Hendon Hooker. I think he should go fourth over Will Levis. But I think that Hendon Hooker will be the fifth quarterback selected in the first round, which is good for the Chiefs because all of a sudden you're not picking 31. Ooh, you're picking 26th. Yeah, I do think that there's going to be a team that's either going to take him in the 20s, like I could totally see at 23, the Vikings taking him. But I could also see a team, like especially like think of like the Eagles or even the Seahawks. Like Seahawks at 20, Eagles at 30. Either of those teams could afford to trade back, accumulate some picks in on the second day, and a team that's sitting there maybe in the early part of the second round that didn't get a quarterback – that maybe would like to, like maybe the Raiders or, um, you know, I, I know the Falcons have, it, it, they've kind of led on to, hey, we like him, we like Desmond Ritter, but maybe they're not convinced about Desmond Ritter. They want to create some competition it's there. It's like Tennessee Malik Willis. Right, like, well, yeah, exactly. exactly. It could, that could be the same thing too. I mean, I know I wasn't super impressed with him when he was at Cincy, so I could understand if the, the Falcons decided to create a little competition as insurance and they could move up and get Hooker in the back end of the first round. I, I do think I'm starting to really think now I've, I've kind of been about this for the last month that hooker very likely is going to be a, a late first round pick at quarterback. The connection with Jalen Hyatt's fun to watch. Will some team grab him and hooker and Jalen Hyatt have that little, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Little uh, discounted <laughs> version of Joe Burrow and Jamar chase, like way, way down. The pot. So 31 for chiefs. But here's the thing, Chris, if one of these quarterbacks don't go and let's say him and hooker is still out there and it's at 31. Would a team jump up toward a Kansas City is if Kansas City doesn't move up? Let's say they don't move up. Or let's say they do and someone else takes 31. Will someone listen to somebody? Because I love the second round because everything regroups, new draft board because you got all day Friday. Teams are thinking about it. But at 31, because four-year contracts for these NFL rookies. But if you're taking the first round, you get that fifth-year option. For example, Chase Young with uh, Washington, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah, they declined it today. But you can and so having that fifth-year team control is very important. And if you're sitting there at 31, you're like, well, we're going to take Ken and Hooker you know, in the 30s. What's the matter? Let's jump up to 31 and get that fifth-year control, which is worth it for the right guy. 
could Kansas City trade back in that situation if they're still sitting there at 31? They could. They could. I, I, I imagine, though, it'd be easier to do it with the Eagles because the Eagles had have the 10th overall. So if the Chiefs – I mean, if the Chiefs really like someone – and again, this is the last pick of the first day. They might, I mean, you might be pressured to to give up a little bit more. If they're sitting there on the clock at 31, you really want to get ahead and get hooker. So I, I imagine they, that they absolutely could if all their guys out of their board uh, that they have first round grades on are gone. But I think it might be a little bit better if you do like the Seahawks at 20 because you do have to think about the Vikings. We've heard the Vikings linked to uh, Hendon Hooker anyways. Like, I think their GM, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, was making comments about potentially looking at at a developing a quarterback like Hooker at, you know, picking at 23 or maybe even trading up in the early second round if he's still available on the second day. That could be the case too, and it would be valuable for them because Hooker could sit for a year behind Cousins, develop, build chemistry with some of the receivers they have. I assume they would give him some more weapons there besides just Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne, and I think you would have a nice little situation there for Hooker. So, yeah, definitely could be something that happens in the end of the first. It is interesting because you look at the top of the second round. It's Pittsburgh at 32, then Houston – at 33. Remember, they had two picks in the first round. Let's say that uh, D'Amico Ryans does not go quarterbacks. He's going with what's inherent with him, which is winning with defense and a running game because he's he's only coached in San Francisco in the National Football League before taking over as head coach. Then you got Arizona. They're not going quarterback. Indy could be a team that if they don't get a quarterback in the first round could be interested. Then the Rams, again, possibility there. And then Seattle Seahawks after that. And then the Raiders, which the Raiders aren't going to do business with the Chiefs in Carolina after that. The Raiders might. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think we should discount them doing business with the Chiefs because teams do business with rivals all the time. Well, I mean, Carolina's sitting there at 39, and they have the first pick in the draft. So if they get their quarterback there, I'm, I'm just saying, if they, if they don't, which they will, we all know they're going to get Bryce Young, but where would the Chiefs go? Or if they flip with Houston, it's only a 10-point differential in the Rich Hill trade chart, with the, which they use charts like this. 190 value for the Chiefs. 180 for Houston. So essentially, they'd have to throw in a fifth round pick as well. They'd trade out of spots in the fifth round. But that could be if the Chiefs are sitting there, if there's any situation, which I'm good with. I'm good with them getting two second round picks because the Chiefs, they do a ton of great things in the second and third round. It just it depends on, on who they're willing to go after at that round because. Again, you know, if they if there's not anybody with the first round grade there and they can get some value back, sure, go on, go and do it, man. Get get as much value as you can for that pick. So, I, I just don't want them to feel like they have to do it because, oh well, you know, hey, this ain't a great spot here. You know, maybe we should trade back. Like they should do it because they're on their board. It makes sense for them to trade back. Coming up next, uh, we'll look at Chris Collinsworth. We all like mock drafts, so Chris Collinsworth puts one out. And you're like, oh, it's it's what you need to listen to. Chris Collinsworth, where's he going? And it's a big lesson of who to listen to doing mocks and who not to. But this is completely comical. Maybe the worst mock draft pick I've ever seen came from Chris Collinsworth. We'll let you know who he picked for the Kansas City Chiefs next. And we'll look at our mock drafts coming up next. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick Bank and Chris. 
Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast.